welcome to the Mind Chimp Podcast. Hey Joe, welcome to the Mind Chimp Podcast. How are we doing? Very well, thanks, Danny. Very well. Good, 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 good. So, um, what I usually tend to do, Joe, is you know when I get guests on the podcast, I tend to set them up one or two things to do beforehand. Um, okay. So the first thing I want to know is, I asked you to do a logline to kind of sum up what you're all about in a very over the top way. And can you remember what you said to me? I remember something about being the uh, the fairy dust sprinkler, the sprinkler of fairy dust. That is pretty much spot on. So I yeah. think um, I like that. You know me, I know you personally, but we're definitely going to jump and touch on upon that later on down the line. Definitely. Cool. Great. So when you was, you know, when you was in school, Joe, and the teacher would ask you, Joe, what is it you want to be when you grow up? What was the answer you'd give him? Absolutely it air hostess Danny every time I wanted to go traveling the world and I thought it would give me the opportunity to learn a whole load of languages okay, okay. until I went on my first ever aeroplane and realized that actually they weren't getting to they were traveling but probably not getting to spend lots of time learning new languages and visiting new places um quite as much as what I anticipated but that's absolutely what I wanted to be an air hostess okay awesome so before we get into Joe and kind of who is Joe? What I need you to do for me, please, is I need you to pick four numbers, if you could, from one to a hundred. Okay. Um, number seven. Yep. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yep. Uh, twenty-six. Twenty-six. And nine. Nine. I can't help but feel like I'm in a bingo hall when I do this. Yeah, um, no, me too then, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll come back round to these later on down the line. So... I guess, Joe, before, you know, we, we jump into kind of who you are professionally, what I want you to do and, you know, I want you to tell the people about your parachute jump because not a lot of people probably know about this. <laughs> My parachute jump. I could have, Danny, actually say which one because I did two. Um, and I've got quite a, I've got one of those party tricks um, on a night out when you say to people, here's three things about myself and two of them are true and one of them's a fib. Um, and people don't often get the one that's actually the truth um, because my parachute jump, I've done two, and you obviously, jumping out of a plane from 2,000 feet, are expected to land on the cross. And actually, when I do my little party trick conversation, that's the lie because I never actually did land on the cross. Um, I landed, the first time I ever did a parachute jump, I landed on a barbed wire fence. <laughs> Uh, um, in a field full of cows which was quite entertaining and so I decided that wasn't good enough I needed to do it again okay so, so I did it again and the first thing I saw in the field that I was doing the parachute jump in was a huge marquee and the first thing I said was oh I'm gonna land on that and um, clearly not wanting to land on it um, but something in my mind must have drawn me to the marquee and I landed um backside first onto um, the marquee that was hosting the Lakeland Rose Festival. Wow. <laughs> so there were a lot of people in the marquee showing off their prize roses. So yeah, I never landed. I never managed to land on the cross. Um, I only, uh, yes, I wouldn't say parachuting was my, uh, was my forte. Yeah. I, I'm, part of me feels like you should go again, third time the charm, but then I think actually no, it's probably, probably not good advice for you. Would you? <laughs> Yeah, two two times I think has been enough for me, but uh, who knows, maybe I stick it on my bucket list, make sure I land on the cross. And here's the thing, the people who were sat underneath, you know, under the marquee, (laughs) you've given them an experience and a story they can tell their (laughs) friends and family forever, so it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, if those people are still alive, it was about 20 years ago and they were were ageing at the time as well, but there we go, let's see. (laughs) So Joe, I mean... We got introduced by uh, um, some mutual friends, Richard Flood, and well, I guess Richard Flood from, um, predominantly because you know it's only once we got talking that we both knew Tim Roberts from Misguided and yeah. stuff. So yeah. Uh, yeah, Rich is an awesome guy. But maybe, maybe you know, for the people who don't know you, um, yeah, maybe give him as a bit of a bio, kind of from where you've kind of come from professionally to where you are now, and just yeah, walk us through that. Okay, wow. Well, that's a career of 20 something years since university, but I won't bore you with all that detail because that takes us, <laughs> you'll be asleep on the other end of this podcast. Um, 
I suppose I've spent a lot of time in my career in um, large organisations that um, first off, well, my first job after university was working for, it was then um, Allied Demec Retailing, and it was actually being an area manager of pubs and bars. So I just thought it was an extension of being at university, but being paid for it and getting a company car. So I absolutely loved that. And then my career did definitely head towards um, alcohol a bit more. So I worked for Allied Demet Spirits and Wine in marketing. Then in my 30s, I hit Britvic soft drinks, uh, realising that alcohol was probably not where I needed to be. And uh, it was in sales for quite a long time. And then I had the opportunity, which is one of the career changing moments, to set up a sales training team. So I moved into learning and development and then more leadership and management development and change management. And they were some real career defining moments for me, um, particularly learning and development because I absolutely love to learn and I love to see other people grow and develop. And the change management role was really fascinating um, where I suddenly realized that people just don't change when they're told to. Um, here's a change program, go change. People go, what? Um, and I started recognizing there's some deep psychology about changing behaviors. So that got me really interested in psychology. Um, I then moved over to another organization um, where I had another career defining moment um, because they made me redundant the first time I'd ever been made redundant in my whole career. And at the time it felt like a real, um, a real negative thing for me. I was absolutely gutted, but actually it's proven to be the best thing that's ever happened to me in my career um, because it really forced me to really think differently about my career. Um, I instantly invested in a coaching qualification, which has been totally life changing and I've never looked back. So, um, yeah, my career since has been, um, setting up my own, um, HR consultancy, leadership and management development business, but then moving into, um, becoming the editor of a magazine that I've created. And then most latterly, um, collaborating with a hugely successful and very bright entre entrepreneur. So do you know what? Being made redundant was 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 fantastic for me. Awesome. So I guess we'll, we'll jump onto kind of various points out throughout as yeah. well. So so what I, want, what I want to do then, Joe, if possible, I'm going to give you some buzzwords and I want you to tell me what comes to mind when I say these. Go for it. So first one, um, limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Wow. Um, Limiting, first thing I think of, the limiting beliefs are things that hold people back in their mind. Um, they can often be from childhood where experiences um, have happened to people and they start becoming part of who they are and their psychological makeup. So limiting beliefs are really hold people back in their career and they are definitely things to be overcome. Okay, cool. Next one, fixed mindset. Oh, Everybody loves Carol Dweck, who, uh, who's launched Growth Versus Fixed Mindset. So what do I think of when I think of fixed mindset? Um, somebody who thinks you can't te teach an old dog new tricks. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, next one. And it's probably an emotion more than anything, but let's go with it. Fear. Fear. Well, that also goes under limiting beliefs. For me, fear is something that holds people back day in, day out in their life and their career. Um, because, And it's often in their mind that is actually driving fear. And people really focus on what are the worst things that could happen rather than what are the things that could really go right. Okay. And the last one. Um, something which I've, I've felt in, in, in times, kind of in, in a few times in my career. But yeah, um, imposter syndrome. Wow, impossible. Well, the first thing I think of is that's going to be an article in my next coaching culture magazine that uh, will oh, be wow. being sent out very soon. Um, it's about it, what's the first thing I think of? Imposter syndrome. People feeling they're not good enough amongst their peers, in their in themselves. They look at other people as if they're better than them, and they just don't feel good enough. Yeah, that's that's a real good actually summary of that actually, and I think. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to your, your next episode. For them who who haven't um, subscribed to this this culture and culture, you 100% should do it. It's not like it's some sort of tatty magazine. It's quality. It, it's um yeah, it's ace. Um, I'm, and I'm gonna put the link into that as well on the show notes, Joe, as well, where people can get that. But Brilliant. I guess what's 
you know, throughout your, your career and kind of where you've come from to where you are now, is there any key themes um what you've seen? Maybe maybe it's in learn development, maybe it's just in, in your in your career ladder, you know, from where you was to where you are now, but is there any key themes what you see over and over again? I think a couple of key themes are um, organisations can often focus on skills and knowledge, but not always on behaviours or not on behaviours enough. Um, and actually, if people change their thoughts, they can then change behaviours and really experience another level of being, you know, capabilities, not just skills and knowledge. It is about skills, knowledge, behaviours, people's attitude. Um, that seems to be a theme. People go on training courses Whereas actually, you can't go on a training course to change your behaviour. It is very, it's a lot deeper than that. The other thing is a huge theme is imposter syndrome. We've already touched on it. Um, I think a lot of people feel it. And actually, I think if more organisations recognised it and more people knew about it, they can do things to overcome it and actually really start helping people become the best versions of themselves and actually allowing people to fail and learn from it rather than be in trouble for it. Okay. Okay. I think the last time I can remember from kind of imposter syndrome was I was at um, a black tie event and I was there, it was for charity and stuff, but I can remember just sitting down and thinking, wow, I'm in a room full of experts and people who are all high flyers and here's little old me kind of sat there feeling awkward and it, you know you know I, I can talk to anyone but it was I think maybe it was the environment what caused the imposter syndrome not necessarily kind of you know the, the peers around me it was a, it was a really strange moment actually yeah I think moments like that are, re are really common a lot of people feeling imposter syndrome about people more um, senior than them in the organization um, you know even just their peers as well and actually it's something that I think if people helped people overcome it, they'd re individuals, teams and organisations would grow more. Yeah, completely agree, completely agree. Okay, so let me ask you this question. If I was to say to you, right, Joe, you've got to give a gift of a book to three people and this book is going to be kind of either to help them shape their ideas, you know, their thoughts, kind of something what was impactful to you, what, what gift of a book, what book would it be? Yeah, this book has already been gifted, actually, from me to uh, to a number of people, um, including my husband, including my brother. Um, it's called Life in Half a Second. Um, and now this is where I challenge myself. It's by a guy called Michael, and I don't, I can't even pronounce his surname. How bad's that? Yeah, Michael, Michael Wicks, something like that. But it's Life in Half a Second, and it's absolutely awesome. Okay, life changing. So why? It challenges you to think about your life that rather than looking forward and, or looking currently at how old you are, it tells you to look forward, at, you know, to assume you're going to die at a certain age and work it back in days. So suddenly you start realising I've only got X amount of days left to live. So let's overcome our limiting beliefs. Let's be the best version of ourselves and, and let's go for it. Let's take chances. Let's, let's take risks and and let's just live our life. Um, and it's about overcoming fears. I absolutely love it. Okay. okay. I remember listening to it actually while I was out running and I was running saying things like, absolutely, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so if anybody had seen me running while listening to this book, they really would have wondered what I was up to. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, I kind of just wish I want to be your neighbor now just so I could see you doing your sprints. <laughs> as long as you don't see me when I'm walking. <laughs> and I'm pretending to be running. So if kind of, you know, we, we, we've already semi-touched upon it, I guess, but we talk about, you know, negative, positive, and this is a moment where in the moment it seems like a real negative within your life and, yeah. you know, we was kind of, oh, this is this is the only way for behaviors down. But actually for maybe a week, a day, a year, a few years afterwards, what which moment jumps out where it's, where it's actually seemed as a negative but ended up being a, a truly life-changing positive? Oh crikey, being made redundant! Absolutely, I was I was of this mindset that you know great people don't get made redundant, and then actually it's like that's not true. Um, anybody can can lose a job, you know, from redundancy for all sorts of reasons. And actually, 
for me, that has been the most life change or career changing moments. Um, and it's given me the opportunity to think differently and pursue the career of my dreams. Okay. So you mentioned that you went from kind of there and going into your, getting your coaching um, qualifications and stuff. Maybe, yeah. maybe walk us through that kind of what, what sparked you to become the coach that you are today? It's really interesting. I've always had teams um, work for me and I've always loved developing people and, and, and got a real buzz from seeing people grow and, and improve and learn. Um, so coaching's always been part of what I do, whether I had the official badge or not. Um, when I then moved into learning and development, I did a lot more coaching internally in organisations. Um, and again, feeling a real sense of satisfaction, seeing people get a lot out of it. So actually, I started investigating, you know, what coaching qualification did I want to do for quite some time. Um, and and then I landed on one that, you know, is just fantastic. Um, a, a coaching qualification that got me both the practical accreditations with the International Coach Federation and also the academic um, qualification with the University of Chester. So I kind of did research as well as practical coaching. And it was just it was just brilliant. Um, I just knew that coaching was what I was meant to be part of. Okay. So we talked about it right at the start, kind of around um, sprinkling fairy dust. <laughs> so so where does that come from? Explain that one to me. Uh, it's, it's a great question, yeah. Um, so that is about my coaching. So when I coach people, I can and I see the the light bulb moments that people have in their own mind and you know the the moments of wow yeah absolutely this is what's been holding me back this is what I'm going to do differently I feel like I'm sprinkling fairy dust over one person um as opposed to being able to really affect a whole lot of people and that's part of the reason for coaching culture to inspire um as many people as possible rather than being the the, uh, fairy dust sprinkler of one person here and there Okay, and I guess is this is this one of the things where you know we'll probably touch upon it later on down the line with with mindset and stuff. Is this kind of one of the reasons which really got you fired up for that as well? Yeah, so it's interesting the story between behind coaching culture and mindset. I was one. I just fresh off my coaching qualification, totally life changing experience. Really overcome my own limiting beliefs um, through my coaching qualification, um, because it was a real journey of personal self discovery as well as learning how to coach other people. And I wanted to spread the word about coaching, hence Coaching Culture magazine. Um, and then I met a hugely successful um, entrepreneur who was um, wanting to set up a coaching platform and he needed to work uh, with a coach um, to help him. So actually we've collaborated and um, Mindset Software was being born, which will actually, um, it makes coaching affordable and accessible to, to many, many people. Okay, so I guess I I've been one of the lucky people and kind of I've I've been able to use the mindset um software. So yeah. you know, before I left Talk Talk, we I was in the process of bringing you know mindset in, especially mm-hmm. when we was looking at kind of how we're going to shape our coaching our coaching culture there and how can yes. we rather than just target the one, let's target the many. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, w- I was lucky to kind of get my hands on it, and what an absolute awesome tool and and. Thank I guess, you. yeah, maybe maybe now's the time to do this, let's say. So just tell us about what, what mindset is and what, what it does and kind of, you know, I can say it's amazing because I've, I've used it, but, yeah, let's, let's see it from your point. Well, it's the purpose behind it is to make coaching affordable and accessible to more people because coaching can be quite expensive. And I feel that if I'd have had great quality coaching earlier on in my career, who knows what, you know, who knows how different my career would have been. Um, earlier on so it's very much about software that facilitates a coaching culture um, it takes people on a journey of self-discovery there are um, there's some profiling of individuals and um, they ha- then they have coaching solutions based on their profile and then there's a section where they make commitments to themselves um, currently it's it, it what I've done is if I was coaching somebody face to face I've actually designed something um, that is like a face-to-face coaching experience, but with software. 
Um, because actually, what is software? What what is coaching? Sorry, it's about asking yourself some great questions and thinking through your own answers in your own mind. And that's what the mindset software does. It allows people to spend a lot of time self-reflecting and journaling um, digitally. So it's and already people are using it and um, giving giving us some fantastic feedback. Actually, really great feedback. Awesome. I remember when when um, obviously when when I got, kind of got my hands on it and could have a play. I remember saying to you and Adam, "This is something I would pay for myself." Even if it wasn't, even if it kind of wasn't for the, the corporate, that's how good I think it really is. Um, obviously, I'll I'll save something's crap if it's crap. Um, but yeah, yours yours that mindset is. So I think it, I think it's going to be kind of it's going to be massive for corporate businesses, and you know I think it, for anyone who's who's truly interested and actually wants to kind of have this this coaching culture and you know challenge the people and to make them and grow and, and develop into something if anyone who takes that seriously i think yeah mindset is definitely the way to go for sure um okay so let's kind of go back and let's change gears a touch then so if i was to say to you right joe i want you to sum up to me yep i want you to explain to me what it is you do but explain it to as if you was explaining it to a three-year-old what would what would that sound like it let's have a think I reckon I would say I help people to be the best they can be. Okay. I like How does that. that sound? Yeah, that's good. I think it, it's so easy to try and overcome, like make things overcomplicated with this. Um, yeah. And then obviously for a three-year-old at the end of the day, so that's perfect. That's perfect. So, you know, you, you kind of went through your um, your coaching, you know, qualifications. Is there any, any point within your journey within you you know while you're getting your your coaching qualifications is anything which really like stuck out which maybe challenged you instantly you know it's easy to say everything but is anything what really kind of knocked you for six and went wow this is a this is truly you know something what might have struck home to you i guess i think that I, I can remember a moment and it's one of, again, I'll never forget it as long as I live. The moment, so it's not a tough moment. It was actually a life-changing moment when I was being a part of the coaching qualification. You do something where you do um, walk and talk. So a lot of great coaching can happen out in the fresh air, um, you know, being stimulated by the, you know, fresh air, the walking, the leaves on the trees, the noises, all sorts of things like that from a neuroscience perspective um, really help people. So I was being coached by a lady on my coaching qualification. And I remember her practically shaking me and the penny that seemed to have been stuck for many years suddenly dropped that actually I was more than capable to achieve the career of my dreams that I was wanting to. And the only person that was holding me back was me. And I'll remember the moment that I just suddenly thought, oh, my word, I absolutely can do this. And not only can I, I'm going to. So it was a real positive moment rather than a negative. Um, and that was that was a real life and career defining moment in my, in my coaching qualification. Okay, awesome. So I guess let's talk about coaching um, culture a little bit more. So you know the the magazine which is great i um i got my co- my copy you know i think it was about a couple of months ago now yeah. um but yeah tell me where why where that idea come from and kind of what what fi- what fires you up to to put something you know what what could easily be a, a massively chargeable product what fires you up to to do that um it is again about in so again i Rather than coming away from my coaching qualification thinking, oh, you know, how can I as an individual um, just go and coach some people and sprinkle fairy dust? I thought, how can I inspire as many people as possible to think about coaching and to change the way they also think themselves, either as an individual or as an organization, to the way they do coaching and the way they offer coaching? Um, so coaching culture was, a, was a, I suppose, a means to do that. Um, we've created something that I'm, you know, when I first thought about it, I was thinking, crikey, can I, can I ever create a magazine? I'm, you know, I'm a consumer of magazines, but I've never created. And actually, you know, it's been part of my own learning journey, you know, how to pull together a, a magazine, how to get it all knitted together. What are the great stories? What, do, what would I want to be reading? 
Um, so a lot of it is, a, you know, kind of what do I think will be interesting to other people and the things that if I'd only known that then, how different could things be? So, um, yeah, that's how and we've, we're really pr nearly ready to press print on the coaching culture issue two, um, which is looking equally as good as issue one, if not better. Awesome. I look forward to it. I look forward yeah. to it. So, you know, Obviously, you, you, you've, you've worked within some big corporate clients and, you know, the environment which you come from is, is quite, you know, it's a well-known well -known brand, I guess. What what do you yeah. think the the state is of, of coaching right now in, in corporate? And maybe maybe towards learning development, but maybe actually the bigger picture is how what what's the state of coaching now within, yeah, within big corporate businesses? Do you know, I think it's starting to change. I think coaching's really starting to... Um, get on the agenda um, you know once over people would have thought it was some airy fairy fluffy thing and actually people are starting to see the benefits of um, either people self-coaching people having great line managers who coach them rather than people are moving away from being expected to be told they expect to be empowered to think through their own answers um, and I think coaching is really starting to change in, in large organisations. Um, and in fact, if you remember from our welcome issue of Coaching Culture, and um, we did you know, some research into Google, and they think that is coaching is the number one skill that is required for their line managers. Because um, people expect now feedback. People expect to be encouraged and supported and built up. Um, and that's what coaching does. So I think we're at, we're at the start of... A really big shift in coaching for the you know if you ask me that again in 10 years time i think we'll have seen a huge movement again okay that's good that's that's, that's a good step change definitely mm. so you know in in a day-to-day -day life i guess um what's where do you go to for you to continue your development um kind of you know what what resources do you use maybe you know where where do you go for you to continue developing you yeah great question um I've got a number of different sources. So I um, I read lots and lots and lots of business books, whether they're business related or whether they're the sort of personal development, self-development books. Um, I do a lot while I'm out running. So I've got my Audible account and I plug my earphones in and off I go, which is where I was jumping around and listening to life in half a second. Um, so I do a lot of reading. Um, I have got... A coaching support and supervisor who helps me if I you know I need to make sure I'm the best coach I can be um, I use my business partner I suppose as a as a mentor as well um, but I've also you know I tap into lots of resources either face-to-face -face interventions um, I go to conferences so I'm at the it's the international coaching week next week so I'll be in London on Tuesday for the international coach federation conference where i'll pick up new ideas and you know constantly see what other people are doing and what's being said so yeah I, I tap into lots but learning and development is you know when i'm learning is when i'm at my absolute best okay so you know in, in a world where we've constantly got a lot of noise and so much going on how do you how do you switch off i mean maybe maybe this is a two-part question i guess how do you switch off when you need to switch off from kind of all the noise but may, and maybe the the second follow up question is when you're lacking focus and you know and something what needs to be done how do you regain that focus? Oh, great questions. So how do I switch off? Mm, I think my husband would probably say I don't always switch off. Um, <laughs> um, I probably switch off by going running. To be fair, so I find that I so sometimes I won't have my audible in my ears listening to a business book. I'll go out and just get out in the fresh air um, I do things like yoga which you have to switch off in kind of and focus on what you're doing otherwise I'd probably end up with injuries um, I also um, in the last 18 months have learned how to meditate believe it or not okay. um, so I stick my uh, headphones in and go through some guided meditation which really focuses on you know deep breathing and really calming things down from the busy day um so i think they're my switch off moments um so and obviously switching off is time with family and friends as well that's always switch off moments i don't sit there talking to them about coaching all day every day um 
Although, again, I'm not sure my husband would agree with that either. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I absolutely love it. It's a total passion of mine, so it is difficult not to. Um, what was the second part of the question? You asked me two parts then. Yeah, One was sorry. about how do I switch off? Oh, focus. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Just, so, <laughs> um, how do I stick? Well, focus for me is I'm actually quite good at knowing my priorities um, because I can self-coach. <laughs> so I think about, okay, what is absolutely urgent and important? What is going to give where am I going to give my highest form of contribution today what is it which comes from a book called essentialism by Greg McEwen <laughs> what is going to be the biggest impact that I can make today and I really focus on that um I stay off getting drawn into looking at Facebook or or Twitter or things like that um and I absolutely know how I can really get done the most important things and then anything after that is a bonus to get done okay just want to pick up on something which we mentioned there so you know i know you as a great coach obviously but how do you how how is it hard i guess and how how do you if you do switch off from being a coach to maybe being you know a partner or a mom or whatever you want to call it how do you switch off from being a friend to being a coach how is that is that hard thing to do or I think it is hard. It's certainly hard for me. Um, I have to, so I've learned that I can't coach my husband because okay. <laughs> he expects his wife, not his coach. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's right. So I do with, you know, cause often I would want to be asking coaching questions when actually sometimes, you know, people just want to just want you to chill out and listen don't ask questions I just want somebody to listen to me I'm having a moan don't ask me what I'm going to change <laughs> um so it can be hard sometimes but I've got I've learned who who wants coaching in my family and friends and who doesn't um so yes it is I think it is quite hard because it, it becomes ingrained in who I am um and, and and that I suppose is about me wanting people to either live the best life or be the best version of themselves all the time yeah. And sometimes people just want to moan and have a dwell in things that they're not happy with. Whereas I instantly think, well, oh, well, if you're not happy, what can you do about it? Yeah. So it's quite difficult, but I've certainly learned the lessons. Uh, and to be fair, my hubby will always say, I don't need coaching. <laughs> so um, he gives me feedback. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I guess, you know, um, what people are always after your time, I guess, Joe, you know, you're in, you're in high demand. People always want out of time. They want the coaching. They want this. They want that. What have you got? What have you got better at saying no to over the last um, five? Yeah, let's say five years. Actually, that is a great question, and it is be, being coached and recognizing who I am through my own self awareness that has allowed me to do that. So one of my tr personal traps is um, I can be a people pleaser. Okay. Um, which people pleasers often give up their time for everybody else but themselves. So you always end up putting yourself last. And I think with me recognizing that in myself, I've been able to become a lot more ruthless with my own time. And I now know what I'll say yes to and what I'll say no to. Uh, whereas I would have said yes to all sorts of things and run myself ragged. Now I feel that I've got a whole lot more balance in my life because I can say yes and I can say no um and 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 sometimes it's difficult um but actually i can be a lot more ruthless with my own time and focus and energy okay that's good so if if say i said right joe listen i can i can i can give you power to having one huge billboard and we're going to drop it right outside a massive football stadium or i don't know a concert event or something and it's a blank billboard and you can you can have any message or any quote or anything on there and it's going to impact these thousands and thousands of people who are going to see it what what quote would you use or what would you have what would you say you don't have to be a you know a famous quote it could be something what what is near and dear to you i'm gonna say something that um was drummed into me all my childhood from my mum which she had a phrase that she used all the time uh, which i'd have put this on the billboard and it would be um there's no such word as can't okay okay actually i think there is such a word as can't if you look in the dictionary but i do quite like the phrase that there is no such word as can't <laughs> so why, why why would you have that one what what kind of out of you know out of everything you, you see in here why why that because actually 
if people read that every day and thought, you know what, because so many people say, I can't do this, I can't do that. Actually, we can. We just need to think through how and we need to work out how. And if somebody else has done it, we can probably have a go at it as well. So, you know what, there isn't such a word as can't. We just need to work out how, overcome the obstacles and and plan how we're going to do it. And what support do we need from other people as well? So I love people to say, there's no such word as can't. Okay. I wouldn't, put it this way, I would never have dreamed that I was collaborating and working with somebody in a digital space um, when my nickname used to be DigiDino for being a dinosaur with digital <laughs> technology. And now I'm in the, you know, the coach who's working in a digital space. Um, yeah, so if I'd, have, if I'd have said I can't do that, then I wouldn't be there. I wouldn't be here now. Okay. So, you know, again, I guess it's kind of you do this whole horizon scanning, you constantly learn and development. Is it, you know, what's probably, and I'll, I'll say free, but, you know, don't worry if you can't think free, but who are the people who you think are ones to watch? Maybe it's people who have already been in coaching or learning development, or maybe it's new up-and-comers. Is there any people who you think people should be looking out for and kind of, you know, keep putting on the radar? In terms of what do you mean, Danny? Do you mean individuals who we're aware of or yeah, give me a bit more specific? Yeah, yeah, maybe just individuals. I mean, I guess, so for instance, for me, you know, with on LinkedIn and Twitter, I kind of, I like to follow a different array of people, people from coaching, people from learning development, people from, you know, marketing and um, comms and the employee engagement and all this. And I guess yeah. who's who's the people who you like to keep an eye on? And maybe when I say keep an eye on, I don't mean like in the, in the sense of watching them all the time, but, you know, who, who are the people who are coming up with new ideas and challenging the norm? And, and maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be in coaching. Maybe it can be in absolutely anything. Oh, crikey. Let's have a think. Um, so somebody who I like to keep a, a close watch on, um, and also she's a, a, a writer in our coaching culture magazine, but she's definitely got something that's going to be really important in the future in organizations, um, and in the world of learning and development, which is um, a lady called Amy Bram. Okay. Um, so Amy, um, focuses on the neuroscience element. So understanding the brain. And I think as people are getting more and more interested in neuroscience um, and how it links with, you know, if we know how the brain works, then we can know how we can best use it. So Amy's a big one for myself. Um, and she's hugely inspirational in terms of her own way she looks at things. Um, I think I should be really thinking of somebody in in the digital space as well, because obviously technology. So I think I probably can't pick out an individual there because then I'd obviously I'd say uh, my business partner to <laughs> um, <laughs> so want to watch out for, for sure. Um, but I think from a technology perspective and people who are starting to look into artificial intelligence um, are definitely people to look out for. Um, so maybe I will put my, my uh, mindset colleague on there. Um, and now I can't think of a third. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and this is, I guess, why these questions are in place because, you know, sometimes you won't be able to answer them. But I guarantee you at three o'clock in the morning tonight, you'll jump <laughs> up and scream someone's name and be like, what's going on? <laughs> so, I absolutely will. Yeah, don't worry about that. So if, you know, if I was to say to you, you could pick two days out of your whole working life and maybe let's, yeah, let's do working life for now. If I was to say to you, you can pick two days out of your whole working life, and you had to relive these days as a full, these hours, well, two sorry, two hours out of your whole working life, uh -huh. um, and you had to relive these two hours for a, for a career. What two hours would you pick? Wow, what a great question! Two hours. Um, I think I would pick um, the moment of clarity of creating a, a magazine called Coaching Culture and really want to inspire as many people as possible and speaking to um, to Adam, the entrepreneur, obviously, who I've talked to talked about a lot today, um, where he was setting up a coaching platform, wanting to get coaching out to as many people as possible. That moment of, wow, actually, there's something, we, 
we can we can both do this we can actually achieve this and that moment of realization creativity and collaboration i think i'd re i think i'd relive that again and again and again because i think that's probably a, a a moment that will change the face of coaching for the future okay okay interesting so let's change gears a little bit so if i was to say to you, if mickey is a mouse and donald is a duck what's goofy I don't even know. <laughs> Goofy's that kind of tall, lanky dog, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't really know whether it is or not. Well, is it a dog? Because I think Pluto's a dog. Mickey's, you know, the one that's on all fours, where Goofy kind of has a hat and drives a car. So, so if I quickly Google what is Goofy, would that kind of get me the answer and then I wouldn't look it sound would. crazy? But what we'll do is we'll I'll allow you to do that once we've finished um, because it's a, it's a really interesting answer. But I'll I think he's a dog and he's actually an anthropomorphic dog. Correct. <laughs> Bring me to the next pub quiz, Danny, <laughs> with my phone. Awesome, I love it. So if kind of, you know, this is all about you, Joe, and, and um, you, your habits, your traits and the, the skills and behaviours which you are, I guess. What's, just kind of digging in and kind of getting to know you a little bit more, what's the... What's an unusual habit you have what people don't really know about? Or maybe, no, it's not what people don't really know about, but what's an unusual habit or hobby what you've got into recently, other than running, because we've, we've had We running. know that I do running, yeah. Um, it's not, I don't think it's an unusual habit, but it's a habit that people wouldn't know about me, um, is that I journal um, every day, and I write down um, things that have really gone well the day before, what have I really been grateful for, what have I loved, and actually things that are happening, my feelings, my thoughts, um, my goals, um, and I write it down every day, and then it gives me an opportunity to look back and reflect on my learnings and the journey that I'm taking, and then also plan plan for the future. So, And that is something that I've been doing for the last couple of years. Okay, so, so walk me through that kind of that routine. So do you do it first thing in the morning, or just before you go to bed, or kind of how... how... What, what time do you think works best for you where you can kind of get that headspace to do that? First thing in the morning. I do it very first thing um, to just a moment of, I suppose, quiet contemplation and reflection and just have a little think. Think about the things that, you know, really, really make me feel positive. And it sets my day up making me feel positive. Um, so, yeah, first thing in the morning is when I love to do it. Okay, awesome. So let's 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 go back. Let's go like kind of into the future, and let's just say, right, Joe, there's a 90 year old version of you, and they're they're gonna give you a message now. And what what advice would they give you right now? What you're still struggling to take? Yeah, I think my 90 year old self would. This is a great coaching question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think my 90 year old self would tell me to stop wanting everything to be just perfect and it's the whole perfectionism thing um and actually don't let perfect get in the way of really good okay yeah that's that's great advice that's great advice um okay so let's let's kind of sidestep a little bit and tell me a little bit about kind of who your heroes are and this is this was a question from um from tim from misguided um he whatsapp me a question was like ask joe this question but don't let her prep for it so, so I'm sorry, Joe, this one, you know, like I say, like most of the questions, to be honest, are all out of the blue, but this one came in at the last minute. So, yeah, who, who's, maybe, let's just have as one hero. Could it be a heroine? Yeah, of course it can, 100%. Okay, I think it goes back to the, there's no such word as can't. So I think, um, you know, I think my mum has had a, obviously both parents, but my mum had a huge influence on my life and her mindset, her positivity. Um, it's probably where I got a bit of my people pleasing from, to be fair, because she was very popular and very much helpful to other people and wanted them to, you know, to be really supportive. Um, but yeah, heroin from um, really always saying to me, um, there's no such word as can't. And actually, you know, whatever you do, you've got to be happy in what you're doing. And actually, I think I've had moments in my career where I actually haven't been happy with what I've been doing. And, and now... 
I'm the happiest I've ever been in my career and I can just see it continuing and continuing. And at last I'm really listening to, to her words. So yeah, she's definitely, uh, definitely my heroine. Awesome. I love that. I love it. So who, you know, I think you're in a really unique opportunity where you can kind of meet lots of new people and, and get a really good feel of people. But in our line of work and let's just call it corporate and learning development all yeah. wrapped up into one. Who's the people, um, yeah, maybe it's your personal life as well, actually. Who's who's the person, the people who you have met who has the most natural growth mindset? First person who springs to mind is, is and, and I'll give his full name now, is, um, is Adam Cara. Um, obviously, he's um, the founder of Mindset. Um, he's got the biggest growth mindset I've ever met in my, for anybody I've ever met in my career. Um, every obstacle can be overcome. Um, you just need to figure it out, how it happens. And yeah, absolutely. He he totally inspires me with his growth mindset. Um, nothing is too, nothing is, is ca- nothing can't be achieved. You know, anything can be done as long as you just put your mind to it. Um, so huge growth mindset and, and somebody I learn from every day. Okay. So, Let's 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 define that down a little bit. What kind of maybe it's it's actually a complete, completely different question actually when I think about it. But what's what's the the mindset? What kind of mindset do you see within learning development? And maybe let's go with I don't know if I want to say the worst mindset, but what's what's a common mind, mindset trait? Maybe yeah, let's go as a constructive mindset rather than just a positive one because a positive one is dead easy to answer. Um, What's yeah the mindset? What kind of mindset do you see in L and D as a barrier? Oh, as a barrier. So, a, a, a not a. So, I think the barrier to L and D is actually people not thinking big enough, not dreaming and innovating and not being creative. So, actually putting barriers in their own creative space and their own ideas. Um, actually, spending more time thinking through and dreaming as big as possible. I think would unlock so much more in in the space of L and D, um, and people, and therefore, people not being precious about their own ideas and actually working with people to get to the best, most creative, and possibly even disruptive ideas. Okay, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. Well, Joe, I mean, time has flown by here. We've pretty much nearly come to an end, but I want to go full circle again. So, when I asked you to kind of um, you know what you want to be when you grow up when you're at your teacher obviously we, we you know better than anybody we continue to grow we continue to develop and actually we never stop learning it doesn't hit an age where we go right that's that we're stopped we've, we've grown up so if i was to ask you again joe where you are right now what yeah. do you want to be when you grow up what would be the answer well <laughs> i think my answer would be i don't actually ever want to grow up okay Okay. <laughs> I, I want to uh, carry on learning and growing and um, don't really want to grow up. Um, I'm definitely growing old, but not growing up. Um, but in the fu- so in the future, I think, or even if I was going back to being a child or putting myself forward in the future, I'd want to say, you know what? I want to have inspired as many people as possible to change the way they think to be able to live the life that they want. Okay. Lovely. So I also asked you for some numbers as well. So here's the thing. These numbers are tallied to a random list of items which I have in front of me. And the idea is pretty simple. You're on a desert island and you have these items. So your numbers are tallied to a slipper, <laughs> a bookmark, oh. some toothpaste, mm-hmm. and a thread of cotton. So you're on a desert island. What do you do with these items? Fantastic. Right. Great question. <laughs> Am I now supposed to do something really creative with them, like create something or... Um, you do well, whatever think, you want. I think the toothpaste is obvious because I think if I was on a desert island, I probably wouldn't be uh, eating my best. So I think the toothpaste would probably come in very handy just to, uh, you know, maybe I could keep my sort of mouth all fresh and and sing away through the desert island who knows i could start singing learn to sing at the desert island um the thread of cotton yeah that i'd have to attach i think to the slipper okay um 
and not so sure what I'd do with it though if I attached it to the slipper. Okay. Okay. I need to have a look. Maybe, maybe rather than running around the desert island, I could hop, hop wearing the slipper. <laughs> That's what I'd do. I'd hop around the desert island to keep myself fit wearing a slipper. Um, thread of cotton. I'm still not sure. Maybe it is attached to the slipper. I don't know. Um, the bookmark. Well, yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to have snuck in a little book as well. I think. Oh, is that, how, is that how it is now, Joe? Do we break the rules? <laughs> <laughs> what? Ha okay, then. Um, maybe there's a book already on the desert island, Danny. Okay. Um, what do I want to do with the bookmark? Yeah, wait until a book washed up on the shore, and then then my bookmark I would use, and the thread of cotton I just haven't got a clue. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not a seamstress for sure. <laughs> definitely not. Perfect. Well, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, so where can people find out a little bit about you, a little bit more about kind of mindset, a little bit more about um, coaching culture, kind of where, where can we find, yeah, where can we keep up to date with everything of, of Joe? Oh my word, is this where you say something like, oh, follow me on whatever, yeah, um, follow, me on, follow me on LinkedIn. Um, well, yes, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm not massively active on Twitter. LinkedIn's definitely my home. Um, and www.coachingculturemagazine.co.uk is where you can subscribe to Coaching Culture. Um, Mindset as well is www.mindset.co.uk and you can get um, access to a, a free trial if you want to drive a, a coaching culture in your organisation. So they're the best places, really. Awesome. Well, I highly recommend um, all of them, to be honest. Um, well, Joe, listen, it's been it's been a great hour, just shy of an hour. So thank you very much for jumping on. Oh, thanks, Danny. Thanks very much indeed. No worries. I'll catch you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.